Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Kane is in the building. Into hour number four this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will, powered by All Four Seasons Garage Doors, alongside Ramon Foster, Kayla Anderson, and Jonathan Schaefer, our producer. The best producer in the world! I'm Will Bowling, and I just saw one of the wildest quotes I've ever seen from an NFL writer about an NFL player. Whoa. Popping up from Peter King in the Monday Morning Quarterback. Mm. Peter. Talking about Carson Wentz. I would argue... Quote, no player in NFL history has cost so much and delivered so little. Ooh, hate, 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 wow. hey, hey. Tell us how you really I feel there, I Peter. I think I kind of agree. That's crazy. <laughs> Nathaniel. Nathaniel. Nathaniel Wentz. <laughs> Shout out to Rob. Right? I mean, I, I don't know he if Ron Nathan. knew how much of a <laughs> phenomenon he was creating. When he made the Nathaniel thing, but it's just that's it. That's like I always say: if you want to be on the right side of history, just be on Ron Slay's side. And then that's no disrespect to Nathan's out here. You understand me? He just ain't nothing that you got to add an A to it to stress it. Nathan is Nathaniel. There we go. (laughs) How does Carson Wentz continue to get all his love? love That's what's so crazy about it. Well, so Peter King is coming from the perspective that you do. Yeah, that when a quarterback gets put on a pedestal. You're the one that's always asking, like, huh, if this guy was a right tackle that had gone out drafted, would they still be getting this much love? Nope. No, they would not. Putting the quarterback on the pedestal, man. And and it's also the league that we're in. Oh, I can fix him. Oh, oh, I can make him good in our Mm -hmm. system. Just come over here. We can do it. Yeah, right. So interesting stuff. Uh, At the end of last week, this news kind of came out right at the end of our show from Ross Dellinger of SI.com. He's going to join us in about 10 minutes. Um, talking about the protected opponents for SEC teams moving forward. Um, basically writing an article, uh, including quotes from Nick Saban, about what he's hearing just talking to people around the SEC on who the permanent opponents are going to be. And, and nothing is official. We've had a lot of reports from from him and then from beat writers in different SEC cities that are uh. confirming a lot of what he's writing. But some surprises in what's coming out and essentially now a system where the SEC is looking at a 10-year rolling average of records and beginning the process with that. Is that how we're rolling it? That's how we're doing it, according to Ross's article. So the the, the upper echelon plays against upper echelon, or do you have a one seed, a four seed, a two, and a three? you, You essentially are playing a team from each of the three tiers as far as that rolling average goes. Oh, that's... Unless you're Alabama. And what is what does that mean? Because Will? technically Tennessee is in the middle tier when it comes to the last ten seasons. Yeah, they're not at the bottom. They're not definitely not at the top. They're right in the middle. Alabama's three protected opponents: LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee. LSU, Auburn, LSU, and Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay, that's fair. Because you know why? 
we play the Trench Monsters every single year. Basically, Georgia, Florida, Alabama. Yeah. Alabama yeah. is now going to get the Tennessee and Auburn treatment of getting the hardest draw. Sure. Run it up. And I have no sympathy. Run it up, baby. I mean, None at all. You're one of the best programs in the country. If you got one of the best head coaches, why are you worried? Thank you, Kayla. You got the top recruiting class. Why are you worried? All the resources. Is that not backwards? Like Iron so sharpens iron, right? That's what they tell us when they're running us up and down the courts <laughs> and up and down the fields and side to side for suicides, right? The, iron sharpens iron. The quote yep. from Nick Saban to Ross Dellinger at SI.com says, I've always been an advocate of playing more conference games, but if you play more games, I think you have to get the three fixed opponents right. Quote, they're giving us Tennessee, Auburn, and LSU. I don't know how they came to that decision. <laughs> So, uh, the long list of permanent opponents. This is now an interesting topic for Tennessee, guys, because Tennessee is going from having a really bad draw to a really good one. If Ross Dellinger and his sources are right, uh, Tennessee would play every year. Vanderbilt, we knew that one was going to happen. I fair, yeah. yeah. Alabama, we definitely knew that one was going to happen. Check. And South Carolina. Random. As the third team. Not Kentucky which is the one I picked, mm-hmm. not Florida, which I thought was the next best option, and not Georgia, Tennessee would get Vanderbilt, Alabama, and South Carolina every year. <laughs> sure. Can I say this? Perfect. <laughs> As somebody that follows this and kind of live by it, I, much, I think that's a better uh, draw for Tennessee than it is for South Carolina for two reasons. One, South Carolina is their stability got to get there. Yeah. But also, if you can go dominate South Carolina year in and year out, you're, you're, you're fighting them and Clemson as far as recruiting goes. Yes. Okay. And I'll take yeah, that Yeah, that's one. a great point. I've always been on that boat. Look at the saying, bigger picture. Yeah, the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. You'd yep. rather win that battleground than win in Kentucky. Sure. What, for is, recruits. Ken- yeah. what is Kentucky's recruiting? It's fine, but it's no better Stop. than Tennessee. It really no, it's fine. The teams are good up there. I mean, St. Oh, X oh, and Trinity oh, yeah. are there. Heck yeah. But the depth of the top-end talent is now better in Nashville and Knoxville than it is Kentucky. And yeah. that was not the case five, six years ago. Yep, I agree with that. So, um, essentially, the SEC East, before we go to break here, Tennessee would get Vandy, Bama, and South Carolina. Georgia would get Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky. That's fair. Okay. Florida would get a really tough schedule. Who? Georgia, South Carolina, Oklahoma. <laughs> Every year. So the Florida-LSU rivalry would be gone yearly, which oh, I think Florida. is a shame. Um, then you've got Vanderbilt would get Tennessee, Auburn, and Missouri. Vandy and Auburn playing every year. Uh, there are, I mean, Auburn That's might good. have the second most fans weird. of an SEC program in Nashville. Weird. Like, literally, there's so no, many Auburn and maybe fans. that's why you do it. Listening to the sound of that's my voice so right true. now. Oh, yeah. That's so true, Kyle. So, uh, that's legit. And then you'd have uh, Georgia would get Auburn, Florida, and Kentucky. Tell me Vandy's one more year. time if you have it up. Vandy would get Tennessee, Auburn, okay. and Missouri. Yeah. That's season. actually fair I for like, Vandy. I like Vandy's. Yeah, I, I do, too. I like that. I think you give Vandy a good footing with that one. So, too coming well. up next, uh, we bring Ross Dellinger into the discussion on this piece that he wrote on Friday last week. What was the biggest surprise in putting this together and talking to folks about the permanent opponents coming to SEC football? Ross Dellinger will join us on the other side as Hour 4 rolls on. It's Ramon, Kayla, and Will, 104.5 The Zone. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com.
Let's see, something different for dinner. Searching restaurants near me. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Gee, same old, same old. Wait, we're, we're right here. Ma'am, our restaurant's just a few blocks from you. Why is she not seeing us? Back to the usual, I guess. Ma'am, can you not see us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local restaurants. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. Monday morning edition of Ramon, Kayla, and Will, and it's powered by All Four Seasons Garage Doors right here on 104.5 The Zone. Alongside 11-year NFL veteran, Vaughn for Life, Ramon Foster, Kayla Anderson, Jonathan Schaefer, our producer, I'm Will Bowling. As we go to the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline discussing a big article from Ross Dellinger of SI.com last week on permanent SEC opponents and schedule changes moving forward. And Ross joins us for a couple minutes here this morning. What's going on, Ross? How are you? Good. How are y'all doing? Good. Good morning. We're good. And I just kind of wanted to start with what surprised you in in this exercise of putting together uh, potential permanent opponents of the SEC, talking to folks around the conference. Uh, What kind of surprised you the most just going through and looking at what the SEC is thinking so far? Oh, uh, I don't know that anything surprised me. This has been a long, kind of long time coverage of this thing going back to really this time last year. Um, SEC spring meetings last May, it was a pretty big topic. I think a lot of people thought the SEC would decide, uh, make the decision uh, there uh, at spring meetings last May. And here we are uh, 10 months later and no decision has been made. And that probably tells you a lot about um, how difficult of a decision it is, how split the – the schools are when it comes to this decision, eight versus nine games and what, you know, who gets what permanent opponents. And you saw, you know, Nick Saban come out and, right. and uh, speak against uh, uh, the the three proposed permanent opponents for Alabama if the SEC does go to nine games. So this has been a somewhat divided, uh, divisive even, you might say, issue. Certainly has, and Ross Dellinger of SI.com is our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will. Uh, so, Ross, I know you got to talk with Nick Saban and just his comments of, I don't know how they're coming to the conclusion that Auburn, LSU, and, and Tennessee could be the three permanent opponents for the Crimson Tide. Uh, do you think, in your opinion, that Nick ultimately gets his way and, and there is a change for Alabama? No, I, I do not. Okay. Uh, I do not expect there to be to be a change in that. And you know, the, the way the SEC is doing this, I, I actually, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, it's based on three criteria, uh, really. It, you look at uh, rivalries, historic rivalries, primary rivalries, secondary rivalries. Uh, you look at geography, obviously. Um, and then the last way is a balance in parity. With the schedules, um, as I wrote in that story, you know, and Nick Saban mentioned to me, the SEC is using a 10-year success kind of metric. Uh, they're basically taking the last 10 years and compiling conference standings, uh, you know, conference records to create kind of that metric. Uh, and in that, and they're trying to give everybody a kind of balanced three opponents if they were go, to go to nine games. And, you know, it's really easy to give schools the first two opponents uh, based on primary and secondary rivalries. That's really easy. 
And then you look at a third, a third permanent opponent is a lot more difficult. And when I was going through to, to create my pairings or, or, or my predictions on, on that stuff, um, it, I was stuck probably with half of the league. I was stuck in a third opponent. I just couldn't figure out what would be best in, in, in trying to create balance. Uh, so it's tough. It, it's tough. And, you know, the SEC knew this was going to be a really tricky part of this is making everybody happy with the permanent opponents. Um, and I think we're, we're starting to realize that, you know, they're not, you know, some people are not happy with the proposed permanent opponents, but that's just going to happen. It's the way it is. You're going to have to break some eggs. Uh, Ross, when you look at, you know, you having conversation with Nick Saban about how he feels about these permanent uh, uh, opponents, is it just him being serious about it or is it just coach speak when you can make these type of complaints? Because I look at him and I say, you've been crushing it for recruiting for the last 10 years in this time span. And this past year's they, uh, recruiting class, they got, if I'm not mistaken, nine five stars, which is almost unheard of. So his level of concern doesn't seem real to me or am I wrong in that well you know I I think here's the thing you know for years Nick Saban has been preaching for the SEC to play more conference games and even to me um in that interview he he mentioned that uh, you know it's the bet for the betterment of of the SEC and really all of college football that um the SEC play more conference games than everybody play more conference games. You have bigger matchups, you have better matchups uh, for the fans, uh, for the revenue aspect of it. it. It's just, it's better and it makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know, he wants to see it more balanced specifically. He wants to see Alabama's three proposed proposed permanent opponents more balanced. Um, and, in you know, I, I think his point and he made it quite clear to me is with Tennessee. Uh, not not to say he doesn't want to play Tennessee. <laughs> I think it's actually maybe makes a little more sense with the LSU with the LSU piece. You know, you you have Auburn obviously that Alabama has to play. That's the primary rival. Secondary rival is Tennessee, um, and then the third team, third opponent, uh, the proposed opponent is, is LSU. And that LSU game, LSU Alabama game, is the most watched game in college football last 10 years on average. And it's tough not to play that one every year. But I think Coach Saban would like to see uh, Alabama have um, their third opponent maybe be someone different, different. maybe even be somebody a little closer geographically, you know, uh, Vanderbilt, a Mississippi State, an Ole Miss, whatever, you know, uh, that's more of a maybe on the lower tier, uh, but what you when you when you based on the metric the SEC's using as far as the balance and the parity, the ten year you going back ten years for the conference standings. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's in the bottom half. Uh, but I think Coach Saban's point is they should be considered a top half team um, based on the last couple of years. And uh, th- that's where I was when, you know, speaking about this, too. Well, we were in discussing the idea of Tennessee and South Carolina being a permanent team because of recruiting. You think that's where Saban is also with his LSU proposal of, look, I kind of need this on a yearly basis to go into Louisiana to recruit. Does that play any factor into it? Well, that's a good point. I, I, I think I think Nick Saban would give out 
certainly give up the LSU game, um, which I think to me he was suggesting that that's the game that um, he, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh, for for Alabama to play every year, given the fact that Tennessee is kind of on the up and up, uh, so to speak, uh, and should be considered in the top half of the league. So from Nick Saban's vantage point, Alabama has three top top teams instead wow. of having two top teams and one on the bottom half. Uh, and and I think he would give up that LSU game probably in a heartbeat <laughs> and not worry about the recruiting aspect of it. Because we've got to remember, in this 3-6 model, uh, and in the, the eight-game model, which is a 1-7 model, one permanent opponent and seven rotational, uh, Alabama would still play LSU every other year. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're still going to get, in every four years, you're going to get them at home or, or, or get them you know on the road. So you'll play them twice every four years. So I, I, don't, I don't know that he would give up. Um, I, I think he would give up, yeah, the LSU game every year um, to take a – I don't know that he would take a hit in recruiting – um, but but his whole point is, look, you know, uh, we're we're playing th- what he considered three top half teams. Um, but again, when using the SEC's ten year metric, uh, Tennessee isn't just in the bottom half, but they're in the bottom of the bottom half uh, when you do conference standings. It's crazy because we're just breaking all this down in terms of just, you know, the future and who they're playing, who these SEC opponents are. And you look at the bigger picture, Ross, and it's just incredible how solid the SEC is and just how it continues to muscle up. And you look at some other conferences, and I know that UCLA and USC will be joining the Big Ten, but the Pac-12 not knowing what their future is going to be. Like, just how much of an advantage does the SEC continue to have? Well, yeah, and, and, you know, this is a point made by uh, some athletic administrators and coaches in the league who are for playing more conference games or for the nine games, and they'll say the advantage the SEC has right now just over everyone in the country would would be increased if if you play more games. You'd have – the conference would be more valuable um, – because you're playing bigger, more more valued matchups and viewed matchups, so that's that's what they use is like you know let's take advantage so to speak of, of our position and let's play more games against one another. Um, so that that's a point they use quite a bit. Of course, you know the other side of that is somebody's got to lose those yeah. games. So yeah. SEC teams will have more losses uh, it, you know in a lot of ways they'll have they'll have more losses so that's a also there's an argu- argument for an argument against there and real quick with the tournament coming up here in Nashville uh the SEC tournament is this k- kind of wide open Ross in terms of uh, hoops yeah it sure seems like it. I mean, <laughs> Alabama uh, uh given the uh situation they're dealing with with the uh, Brandon Miller in in you look at the uh the last, I don't know, last um, few games that Alabama has played, they've really skated by, um, and the uh, they they lost obviously this this past weekend. They had a, had this huge comeback against Auburn. They uh, Arkansas took them down to the wire. They they won in overtime, I believe, the the game before that. So they've been playing some really tight games, and certainly are a beatable team. Uh, and you got a a whole lot of really bunched up teams mm-hmm. uh, in the conference when you look at the standing. So that should be a fun one up there in Nashville. Mm-hmm.
Ross Tellinger has been our guest this morning on Ramon, Kayla, and Will, SI.com writer covering college football. Ross, thanks so much. Hi, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Ross. Absolutely. There's Ross Tellinger with us this morning, and good clarity on just the hierarchy of Alabama rivals uh, coming up. Which is uh, interesting that the LSU game is the kind of the complaint there. I know. Huh. It's. I mean, do you think this is recent complaint? Meaning Brian Kelly? Like, I'm- no, I don't. I, I think it's the yeah. fact that before Saban switched from one to the other, that wasn't a traditional SEC rivalry. Yep. Okay. Just like how Tennessee and Florida is going to be sacrificed, that's not a traditional SEC yep. rivalry. It's just that became one when Steve Spurrier started yeah. winning. Yes. Florida yeah. was not anything yeah. before Steve Spurrier. Yeah, the personalities of it all did it. Right. Okay. Um. I mean, Steve Spurrier, the player, was pretty good, obviously. I mean, but yeah. I, I mean, before Steve Spurrier, the coach, they'd <laughs> been they'd been pretty bad. Before that's that, it's, that's crazy though. In the SEC, it only I feel like happens here when you have the coaches kind of like giving the outcome of how yeah. these rivalries start right. to come about throughout the years. And, and two, I mean, going back way back in Tennessee football history, Auburn's a bigger traditional rival than Florida is for Tennessee. I know like, you've said that stop, like numerous times. Close. I didn't even think about Auburn like that in, in college Legion Field. Playing them, I did not. When my dad went to UT, they played Alabama and Auburn every year. I, yeah. It never registered to me that that was the case. Heck, I looked at Kentucky the way we played them every year as right. a, a, a more important game. It's like, oh, we got Auburn on the schedule is how I kind of looked at it. That's the only switch I would make to Tennessee's schedule. I, I would I would flip in Kentucky for South Carolina. For South Carolina. I, I think about that, too, but I'm looking at, of course, you saw where I went with it earlier as far as yeah. recruiting. Uh, I, I think that's important. Um, but it is what it is at this point. This changeup is going to be wild, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you throw in Oklahoma and Texas. Like, what does their say-so in all of this? Well, and a lot of this is being decided on if there are three tiers in the SEC. Mm-hmm. You're getting one team from each of the three tiers. And by the metric that Ross Tellinger mentioned, Tennessee's in the bottom tier. Auburn is in the middle. And LSU's in the top. If you go off the last... And, and LSU and Auburn, you could kind of interchange because yeah. they're either really, really good or there's just... And nothing. that's what I was going to say. Is this like a horse race jockeying for position yeah. every single year is oh, how yeah. we're doing this? And now Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee traditionally is in the top third. I mean, they're top two or three program in SEC history, but they haven't been in the last 10 years. They have not, no. And I see where Saban is getting at. Like, you yeah, guys are setting right. us up to where, and I don't know if this is his real belief in what Hypo is bringing to the SEC or is this his, that's why I asked Ross, I'm like, where is he at in your conversation? Is he looking you in your eyes when he's telling you we got screwed by the Tennessee, you know, like positioning of this? Or is it just, like, is it really real? That's where I'm at with it, you know. But this is and look, Saban. New. Saban has less years ahead of him than he does more at this point. Mm-hmm. I think he's just out there, kind of doing whatever he needs to do to stack them up. Yeah, it, I hate That's, to say egotistical in this, but is he that prideful of being the best ever to never touch anything he ever done? Ever done when it come down to his career at Alabama and college football in general? He's still coaching. He's still, still getting the top recruiting class. I mean, that's, it's always been this way. Saban is he a different has. type of dude. I never actually <laughs> paid much attention to him other than the fact that when we got a plan, because it's almost like their winning is automatic to me. You see what I'm saying? So I've just kind of grown just to expect it just to be that way. I never looked at Saban as being one of those because I never had an interaction but, with him of being one of those guys of watch me. And listen, look at all the coaches that leave because they, they have success under Saban. And yeah. they, so he has to refuel all his coaching staff too. So it's mm-hmm. not just like a gimme. Yeah, when he talks about things that 
are issues in college football or when he foreshadows something that's going to happen in five years, he's always been right. The one, on every single yeah. play. He's been banging the nine-game SEC drum for five, six years. So yeah. I ain't got it. And, here and now it's going to happen. Like a guy that's under this uh, era of football where Saban is, Nick Saban is, right? I'd expect him to be like the head coach from uh, Waterboy on the other side, you know, just holding <laughs> the rings and bragging about what he's done. Nick doesn't do anything Ooh. like that on Front Street, so it's kind of hard to tell wow. that he wants yeah. those types of things to happen. I think for him, though, too, and, and when you get into the mindset of elite college football yes. coaches, you go into a different kind of brain. Mm-hmm. Like yep. these guys process information differently than us mere mortals, mm-hmm. and they want to play really difficult schedules. I, I don't think Nick Saban's point is, oh, look at us. You know, we've got the hardest path now to playing in an SEC mm-hmm. championship. The point he's making is exactly now what he's going to say word for word in a recruit's house to their parents. Yeah. To say, hey, you know how you heard me talking in that article a couple weeks ago about how we're going to play the toughest SEC schedule? Don't you want to play in the biggest games? Hmm. Don't you want to play and realize the fact that your three protected SEC opponents when you come to Alabama, it's not like Tennessee getting Vandy. This is You're getting brand name programs if you come play for Alabama. That's why Nick Saban is doing what he's doing and is always on the forefront of these changes. It's, hey, you want to come play for the brand name? Yeah. Then come here. Nick Saban also knows with all these new college football coaches, especially in the SEC and guys that are coming in and having success like Josh Heupel, Nick Saban still wants to be known. He is the guy. He's the man. Like, oh, yeah. he's still that dude. He might be 70-something years old and on the latter end of his career, but Nick Saban has that in him, that little ego. Yeah. He wants to be out there always talking about whatever point yeah. comes up. And I guess it's probably to your point of understanding that better than me because I have that natural Alabama hate. Mm -hmm. I respect the heck out of what they've done. I do. I enjoy watching the monster eat up everybody in front of him. But he doesn't say that. I look at this and I kind of say, probably unfairly in my judgment of him, but if this was James Franklin at Alabama doing this, it'd be unbearable. Would it not? James Franklin. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, but he hasn't won a national yeah. championship. I, I just Nick expect, knows he can do it. I know. I just expect yeah. when you when you hold the big ring and he's got 15 of them, heck, that you operate like that. Of course. Like the level of complaints that I'm hearing because you got three supposedly tough teams, that's bothersome to me a little bit. Oh, we like, can still make fun of him for about? it. It's like, oh, poor little Alabama. Uh, but at the same time, like the reason why he's saying this is not to complain that they have it tougher than everyone else. He's pitching the fact that if you want it the toughest <laughs> and you want to play against the best, come where it's tougher for us than it is for yeah. anybody. A right, little underlying message just, there. Just say that. You feel yeah, me? that ain't saving. That ain't saving. That's just my message. He's saying it to mom and them, but he's not saying it to us. Mom and them. You're right Mom, it's like the first rule in this business. You play to your audience. Yeah, buddy. But everybody knows... Everybody knows his starting cast, though. That's the thing. Well, sure. It's like we we know you got another one and another it, one. In the era, though, of of him sitting on a desk before the national championship game and yeah. ESPN's David Pollock looking him dead in the eye and saying, well, you know, Georgia has kind of become <laughs> that team in college football. He did. Good for Pollock. Nick's got to push a little bit differently than he's had to over the past 10 years yeah you know what too in reading i was reading the article too uh was this he he forever mentions the nil he forever mentions the nil in this era of nil like that's ever complicated anything you ever had to do yeah that's different for him 
But he doesn't he doesn't mention NIL like Dabo does, that's for sure. No, he doesn't. Thank goodness he's not on that level. Yeah. Let's go to Jason in Nashville, 615-737-1045. What's going on, Jason? Hey, man, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I was listening to you earlier about the, you know, the young man, the basketball player that got into all this issue, um, and you were talking about everybody having, like, a past or whatever. I just want to agree to that, man, because, you know, we're in such a judgmental world that we forget that we done did things, and some of us done things, and we ain't got caught for it. So um, I'm not... I'm like you, I'm not agreeing that what he did was right. But, you know, when we start passing judgment, there's another side where we're going to need mercy ourselves. So I just wanted to agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Thanks, Jason. Not sure if he was talking about Brandon Miller or John Morant. Both. That's what we're saying there. And Maybe we were talking them, but... about uh, Jalen Carter, too, Jalen right? Car- I think Jalen, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Oh, okay. Jalen Carter. I mean, it's been a busy it's late February. A, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> These are not laughing matters, but goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I think we we uh, we have to be careful on uh, between the Brandon Miller situation and then Jalen Carter that there are it's it's just a tragedy because of a loss of life mm-hmm. and for no other reason. First and foremost, like absolutely. It, I mean Brandon Miller situation too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's yeah. saying for no, both of them. For both. Oh, like it, we both. we've got to be yeah. human beings to just discuss those situations as far as how it affects and um, hurts a family. Yep. More so than how it affects somebody's career mm-hmm. or sports um, team, and I think mm-hmm. that you know yeah. that's the, the dialogue around that has been positive in that yeah. way. Well, uh, some uh, breaking NFL news this morning. I know, hot off the presses. Oh, Look at that. this: uh, the quarterback carousel has its first big domino to fall. Mm. Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. Woo! We got a deal even. Uh, and we will give you info on that deal when Woo! we come back. Our reaction to the Saints making the first big addition. I don't know how in the world they're going to pay him, but uh, they're going to pay him <laughs> for a lot of years. Cam Jordan. Open Derek Carr Nola. It's Ramon, Kalen, Will. 104.5 The Zone. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Jamaica and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. Searching HVAC near here. Right here, ma'am. How can we help? Wow. Nobody local? Huh. Wait, what? We are an HVAC company literally in your neighborhood. Why is she not seeing us? Just all the big chains. Well, it is what it is. What in the... Can you not see See us? us? Nope, they can't see you. Because you're buried deep in the list of local HVAC providers. You are invisible online. Introducing Cumulus Boost. Get a boost, get found, get on the map. Learn more at CumulusBoost.com. One final segment this morning of Ramon, Kayla, and Will. It's powered by All Four Seasons Garage Doors with Ramon Foster, Kayla Anderson, and Will Bowling. Uh, a little bit of news of the NFL, uh, big news of the NFL, with Derek Carr picking the New Orleans Saints. Uh, beginning the quarterback carousel. So the projections we have at this point, which change week to week, depending on what dark places Aaron Rodgers goes into yeah. on a daily basis. F- you, Aaron Rodgers. Has <laughs> that guy returning to Green Bay, Derek Carr to the Saints, Jimmy Garoppolo with interest from the Las Vegas Raiders, mm. and the New York Jets, as always, being left out. Mm. Zach Wilson. 
Well, <laughs> like I said, Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. And then Lamar Jackson just kind of in flux still. I, I still don't I think know. we have any more clarity on that because that one has not been done in a timely manner. Well, tomorrow's a that tag one's day. different. Tomorrow's a tag day. It is the tag day tomorrow. And they're saying uh, Baltimore's in Miami right now talking it through with Lamar. Okay. I've got my eye on the Washington Commanders with him. For Lamar? Really? Eric Bieniemy. God, ter- scary I, Terry would love that. I'd almost think Lamar is back before I do Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, we've I, just played this game so much did. with Rodgers that it all, he always comes crawling. What if he just retires? Back. I'd much rather be that to get it over with. But then it's also going to be the conversation soon as somebody's starting quarterback get hurt. Are you calling Rodgers? It's like, no. <laughs> you know how it goes. Could you imagine how much we'd hate our lives if we hosted a show that had to talk about Aaron Rodgers every day? No. Well, like you said, and I've, nope. I've thought this for a few weeks now, everything is just bluster and talk. He's going to make $50 bajillion in Green Bay. Now with receivers, he knows in a system in which he can do pretty much anything he wants. It's all talk. Yeah. It's all talk. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting stuff from Adam Schefter. This is a crazy stat. The Saints have not used a first or second round pick on a quarterback since 1971 <laughs> when they picked Archie Manning. Wow. Literally, wow. the guy's grandson now plays college football in the time that no one else has been drafted in the first or second round at his position. Two other sons go win two Super Bowls in that time. Arch Manning has lost two student IDs at Texas <laughs> in the time that his grandfather was the last quarterback draft pick in the first two rounds by the New Orleans football Dang. Saints. I was about to say, well, there is a template for the Titans, but the Titans actually have half first-round draft picks at quarterback. Plenty of them. I'm just thinking about moving Plenty forward. Plenty of them. You can be the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if you want that. That's what I'm saying. I don't, I'm saying you don't want to be. The well, that's what I'm saying. Also, yeah, right. yeah, I don't know if you really want that. That's a that's a, a an organization that I think people of my generation yeah. think is a perennial power, and they that was a doormat for so long. <laughs> Go ahead. Great tweet, Luke Easterling. Kyle Trask is no longer the best quarterback in the NFC South. There it is. There we go. There it is, baby. <laughs> there is a silver lining. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's true. <laughs> Definitely the, not the most proven anymore. Kyle Trask, who is a backup quarterback in high school, college, and the NFL. Okay, so real quick, the evaluation of it. Do, is this a good sign for the Saints? I um, think it is. With, with what they need, they at least get something, especially how good that defense usually is. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Boy, if he go there and flourish. Gosh, if he go there and flourish. What are the what are the Raiders? I don't know though. Like it, how much Jimmy better Garoppolo? is he Jimmy than Jameis Winston? Again, I'm I'm going out on it and saying uh, I, I, it could be a, a, a Josh McDaniels problem with how last year went uh, for him. Uh, he's got a lot of problems. He's an issue. Yeah. Yep, one hundred percent. It's a guy coach. that shouldn't be a head coach. Boom. <sighs> Glad you I said I concur. It. Yep, I'm I'm with you. That's three. You got three Colts votes. almost hired him. Should have would have been would have been down for that. <laughs> they should. I'm screaming. The Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> I'm Devonte Adams. I'm like, what did I do? What did I do? I mean, wrong? I got a lot of money, but jeez. Diana Rossini with more clarity on uh, the Derek Carr move says before Derek Carr grew support in the Jets building, there were many who were pushing for Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. Worth keeping an eye on as we continue to wait for Rodgers to make a decision. Uh, <laughs> guys, it's crazy, but I think this is quickly moving towards Jimmy Garoppolo getting paid as much as Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback yep. of either the Raiders or the Jets, and that is crazy to me. Wow. That's where we're at.
Ryan Tannehill's better than Jimmy G. Mind y'all also. There are yes. also quarterbacks in the draft this year that are just saying, no, nah, we're good. Mm-hmm. You know, like you still got a draft out here. That you're refusing to draft a quarterback in. You want to talk about the franchise here missing on some first round quarterbacks? Oh, the no. New York Jets would like a word. Yes, they would. Including yes, they the would. most recent one. They have the They'd word. They'd like to get in all that conversation. I, I just yeah. hate, as we always say, the two sides of the draft, the draft and the quarterback draft, because everybody, for the most part, was gushing over the sidearm deep threat pass that Zach Wilson threw. And now... I never got that. He's yesterday's recycle. Never got that pick. Special thanks to Grant Ramey and Ross Dellinger for joining us this morning. We're back at it again tomorrow morning, and don't unfollow us on Twitter, because then we'll have to probably overreact to that, too. Starting at 6 (laughs) a.m. on the Tuesday edition. Much more SEC tournament preview, some college basketball, some NFL, and some franchise tags. And to Will's point from earlier about your Twitter... Your fingers and your mic is always hot. Nathaniel! What companies deserve your hard-earned dollar? Which would you want to work for? How can you know if they share your values? Just ask us. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks who really means business in supporting workers, customers, communities, the environment, and shareholders. We measure progress, track success, and help them be better. When you see the Just Capital seal, you know what's real because just business is better business. Visit justcapital.com to learn who makes your dollar count.